0: This podcast is a project of the Massachusetts Cultural Council, a state agency committed to building creative communities and inspiring creative minds. Where in our society today do you have the opportunity to kind of build that social capital, to build those social connections? And, um, you know, for a lot of people, it's not so much at home in their town. It's not so much in the workplace. It's in these third places. Well, this is the third place.
1: Hi, I'm Anita Walker at the Massachusetts Cultural Council. Welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Today I'm talking with Bill Spitzer, vice president of planning programs and exhibits at the New England Aquarium. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. You know, you and I had an opportunity to have a conversation at a site visit not that long ago, and I was amazed and kind of blown away when you were talking about your ticket buyers and your visitors and your audience members in a way I've never really heard about before. You think of them not just as earned income, but as an opportunity to build citizenship.
0: Yeah, that really started as we were um, getting... Uh, deep into how to communicate and educate people about climate change, which is this really important environmental issue, in, in a way which kind of probably trumps all other issues at least at least now, and and realizing that um, it wasn't enough to talk to people as consumers because the impact we can have as consumers is is actually quite limited. Um, but to realize that this is a really important civic issue, and we need civic engagement, and we need to begin thinking of our visitors and our audiences as citizens. And how do we help them see themselves as citizens? Now, this is a challenge in an organization where the first thing when you do when you walk in is you buy a ticket, and probably the last thing you do is you know you buy something in the gift shop. And um, but. Um, Really, it's influenced how we interpret uh, environmental issues, and to really, instead of telling people, "Here's what you need to go home and buy." Uh, you know, don't buy this, buy that." It's more about think about what you, in the context of your community, or your workplace or your school, what you can do collectively to really influence um, what we do on a really important public policy issue. And that's been a really big big shift for us um, and I would love to see um, a way for institutions like ours to be seen as more civic institutions um, as well as just a place to consume um, an experience uh, and um, I think we need to be creative over time as to about how we position ourselves and how we how we operate uh, in order to support that
1: so this is essentially a new ethos for the organization. This really had to involve a lot of rethinking and even educating of your staff from top to bottom.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It's um, it's almost a little bit of a uh, I was going to use the word subversive strategy <laughs> in the sense that it's really grown from this um, imperative about how to communicate and educate which is fundamentally about what we do. Um, And we've been doing a lot of strategic planning lately. We have a new CEO and new new board chair and and some new leadership. And and we were realizing that um, the aquarium has done uh, research since it's opened. It has done public engagement and education since it's opened, you know, for over 40 years. That this whole kind of civic engagement piece is actually quite new. And that um, we're still figuring out how to get good at it. And that... um, It's starting to permeate the organization, but we have not actually done it as kind of a um, top-to-bottom change. In a way, it really has sort of grown up from how we need to engage people. And now we're starting to reckon with what are the implications of it. And um, it is beginning to affect how we think about other programs. And I think ultimately it will um, affect how we think about the whole organization. But we're not quite there yet.
1: Is um, the idea of uh, being an entertainment venue, a place where people to go to be enlightened, inspired, educated, and entertained, in conflict with this idea of building citizenship, or can they be mutually supportive? Yeah,
0: that's a great question. I think we talk a lot more about engagement and about successful engagement being something that um, really grabs people. So there is a really strong enjoyment and fun and emotional factor associated with it um, and it's also something that's meaningful and that's really the kind of the educational and learning piece and that when we're doing engagement really well and we ask people about their experience they tell us it was really entertaining and it was really educational and those two things really go hand in hand when we're doing a good job. Um, and I I don't think there's a, education and entertainment are not at opposite ends of the spectrum. They're not on a spectrum. They're really orthogonal axes, and you want to be doing well on both.
1: Part of engagement really has to translate into new behaviors, and you talked about um, people not just leaving the aquarium through the gift shop and buying a little stuffed uh, whale or something like that, but leaving and really doing something meaningful. Give me some examples of what you might imagine people doing now when they leave the aquarium.
0: Well, we've really been working on making this transition from focusing on uh, individual consumer behaviors to more of collective and civic behaviors. So it's not that we don't want people to be more educated consumers, but we want people to think about, for example, um, instead of, oh, maybe I'll ride my bicycle more. Why is it that we don't have so many bike lanes? Could we have more bike lanes in our community? Why is it that we don't have enough public transportation, and, and why is it that, uh, you know, when we buy our electricity, we don't seem to have as many choices as we really should? So it's to really help people think about not just the choices they make, but in what context are they making those choices, and can they change the context, and that's the civic piece.
1: It's empowering. You're saying to your visitors, you can make a difference. You can help change the world right with us.
0: Yes, we're really trying to change the conversation, particularly about something like climate change from doom and gloom and despair to hope, innovation and change. That's really where it's at. And that's and actually that gets back to the emotional piece, because people aren't motivated when they don't see uh, any uh, positive outcomes in the future, when they don't see. Uh, their own sense of self-efficacy when they don't see how they're connected to others. And that's really what we're focusing on inspiring um, as we interact with people. And it's really the human interaction with the interpreters at the aquarium where we feel like we can deliver that. It's not really in the signage. It's not really via technology. It's not really just via the live animal exhibits. It's the human component. That's where we can really make that
1: connection. So now I'm going to ask you something that I know you're probably asked frequently and you've given a lot of thought to. Um, Your mission is really about the environment and protecting the environment. And some people see a disconnect between that mission and having animals in captivity. Zoos, aquariums, you're all facing those kinds of questions today.
0: Yeah, and it's it's something that is becoming um, more and more a topic of discussion in the industry, um, whereas maybe even... Five ten years ago, uh, a lot of people in the zoo and aquarium industry talked about um, people focusing on animal rights and animal welfare as kind of being on the fringe. Now people are realizing that a substantial portion of our uh, constituents, our visitors, actually do have concerns about some animals in captivity. And um, it's something that we do think about a lot. And ultimately, we see our mission as to help connect people to nature. And in an urban setting, Um, We're one, for a lot of people, we're one of the few places people can actually see a lot of the animals we exhibit. But we really want to get people out in the field. We want to really get people face to face with nature. And um, you know, it may be in a few decades there's less of a need to have animals in captivity. And um, we're definitely, you know, always thinking about why do we have the animals we have? Can we take care of them in captivity? Are these the right animals to have and why? Um, and I think it's something that, um, you know, way I describe it is. I say we have animals in the public trust, just like an art museum has art in the public trust. And we need to be really responsible and ethical about that and really think about why. Why do we have these have these critters?
1: You have accomplished something that I have to say is the envy of many, many of your colleagues across the Commonwealth. I don't know how many organizations say to me, I can't find volunteers these days. People are so busy. Um, People who are healthy and retired, they want to travel and do other things with their time. And younger people are so busy. This is not a problem that you face. You interview 800 to 850 candidates to become a volunteer every single year and bring on board Ten to fifteen percent of those. What are you doing that's working?
0: <laughs> well, that's a great that's a great question. I mean, I think one one thing that's in our favor is we have a very long-standing program. So, um, you know, it's been around for a while. It's really solid. Um, one of the things we do really well is volunteers are very very integrated into the operations of the institution. In fact, one could argue maybe even too much um, in terms of how much we depend on them for day-to-day operations. So, as a volunteer or an intern you are involved in you know direct contact with the public direct education direct animal care uh... and so on and so it's a very meaningful uh... experience um... the second thing that we do really well is we really have been working hard to try to build community among the volunteers and really help them see that they're not just you know the the wednesday dive volunteer but they're actually part of a larger community you know really kind of an army of people who are um resonating with the aquarium's mission and that actually gets back to that point about civic engagement in fact it was our volunteer manager who one, one of the uh, volunteer celebration events she was talking about the meaning of service not just the meaning of volunteer service to the organization but the impact on the volunteer and the impact on the community in terms of building social capital and building civic engagement and when you think about it um, where in our society today do you have the opportunity to kind of build that social capital, to build those social connections? And, um, you know, for a lot of people, it's not so much at home in their town. It's not so much in the workplace. It's in these third places. Well, this is the third place. Um, and it's something that um, uh, we're trying to become more intentional about um, and, and also really helping people to see that, Um, they can help the aquarium fulfill its mission, its larger environmental mission. And that kind of gets back to, you know, why we're there. And that really resonates for people.
1: Well, part of um, the mission uh, impetus um, with your volunteers is um, you'll see them not just at the aquarium. You're actually sending them out to work with other organizations.
0: Yeah, this was, you know, when we were realizing over the last few years that – our volunteer applications have kept going up, but we simply can't fit any more people on site. Um, we have all these people who are this, uh, you know, this audience um, who wants to work with the aquarium, who's somehow resonating with what we're trying to do in terms of our environmental mission. How can we engage them? And so, we've been starting to partner with um, other organizations, uh, environmental organizations in the local area that have a similar kind of mission, um, and maybe uh, aren't successful in finding enough volunteers on their own. Um, and so what we're doing is we're training a core of from our own volunteers, training a group of service leaders, and they are then taking teams of, uh, you know, one shot or uh, occasional volunteers out to do um, this kind of environmental field work. So we're working a lot with the Boston Harbor Islands National Park, um, we're working a lot with uh, wa- local watershed associations and so on, and it really is a, is a great program because it works for everybody. Um, we are able to get Um, our volunteers and new volunteers directly engaged in helping the environment. Those organizations are getting more hands out in the field. Um, We're getting to um, uh, take some of our existing volunteers and give them leadership training and leadership positions. And it's really a scalable program, and we're hoping to see it really, really grow over time
1: you're also seeing your volunteers as something of a barometer of how effective this citizenship building um, initiative is going. You talk to their fam- family and friends to see what they're hearing? Yeah, what's really, what's really
0: great is um, as we've been able to um, engage people in these kind of uh, mission-oriented uh, programs, um, they talk about it with um, you know friends and family and colleagues. And so there's this social radiation effect um, which really magnifies the impact of what we're doing. And so we're really trying to learn from that and really cultivate that as a, uh, as a tool um, to, to really help us expand our impact over time.
1: Bill Spitzer from the New England Aquarium, one of our creative minds out loud.
0: To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.